You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hey, Nathan, we've got a really special show um, for you guys this week. That's right, baby. We got something special because things are going away and you love it when bad news comes your way. <laughs> yes, we're calling this Get Them Before They're Gone. We've got the top 10 cars that are going away that we're saying adieu to that are heading off into the sunset forever. Yes, and in addition, we're going to add a car to that list that we think should go away. Yes, that's right, a car that isn't going away, but that probably... But we maybe should. And we haven't talked to each other, so, uh, you know, uh, we, we both decided that it should be the EcoSport, but that's already gone. It's <laughs> <laughs> already gone, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, so it'll have to be something else. So before we get to that list, um, you were traveling and I was traveling as well, so we're going yes. to talk about some Buicks, we're going to talk about some Wranglers, mm -hmm. but before we do that, can I give you a rant? Please. All right, so I'll do my rant first. So, um, as you know, I went to drove uh, the new Wrangler in uh, Sandy Hollow Park mm -hmm. uh, outside of St. George, and I was corrected when I put the video up. I said uh, I said it was Sand Hollow, but it's Sandy Hollow. Uh, and um, I brought the 392 back. Actually, Cole brought the 392 back, the 2024 model, which has some... Uh, I wish they were major, but let's face it, they're minor changes. We'll talk about all that. Okay. But anyway, Cole, who's our videographer, flew out there with me, and then he drove the 392 back so we could do some fun things with it, which we'll be doing in upcoming videos. Mm -hmm. But because of that, I had to go take him uh, to the parking lot at the airport where he left his car. So I pull up there, and I'm like, Cole, can you walk into the lot? Uh, because I wasn't sure if I can get in and out, you know. Um, and he's like... Um, well, I parked my car at X, and X was all the way. This is a Pikes Peak lot, right? The oh, lot, yeah. $8 he's clear, a day lot. Yeah. So I'm like, screw it. I'll just drive you in. So I take a ticket uh, and uh, drop off coal, put the ticket back in the machine, and the machine does not spit the ticket out, but what it does is it just sits there with nothing. Just sits there. It doesn't do anything, right? So I had done this before, and in the past, uh, they gave you a 10-minute grace period yeah. to do things like drop people off or, you know, whatever 
let's say you went in there and the lot is full mm -hmm. uh, and you found out that there was no parking space. Then and you, you had could a, just you had could leave, yeah. Yeah, so I finally, I'm like frustrated. I've been there in there at this point, like four minutes, five minutes. So I push the button, the attendant calls, and I say, hey, I just came in here to drop off a friend to pick up his car. Uh, the machine's not giving me any uh, uh, feedback. And he's like, oh, we changed our policy. Uh, so now you have to pay us $8. Oh, for crying out loud. They charged me $8, get this, to not park, Nathan. To not park. What, like I said, what if you have to go in there and the parking lot is full? They're still mm. going to charge you $8. So they got rid of the grace period at the beginning of the year. Right. And now if you pull into a parking lot at DIA, um, Denver National Airport, they will charge you whatever that fee is. And in this case, using the outdoor lot. So it was $8. And I thought that was the height of greed and stupidity. I would agree. They should at least have a sign out there. No State, sign. Yeah, no they sign. should have had a sign. And nope. then, you know, if they change the policy, then you should put up a sign. I so, mean, it's at, so at the so I I felt as a public service to other people, so they don't caught in this, they don't get caught in this greed and stupidity trap, mm. right? Uh, I did a little TikTok uh, to just basically let people know, and a short on YouTube, let people know that if you're going to go in there, and you know you're not going to park, you're still going to pay to park. And I'm assuming Nathan that if you went on the indoor parking lot which i think now is like 35 or more dollars i think per it's, day yeah it's you, you would get pricey. charged the full amount <laughs> even if it was full i'm that's assuming yeah that that is that that's what's gonna happen if they got rid of the grace period mm -hmm. so I, I i you know i put up this video and then like 20 percent of the comments this was also like mind-boggling because 20 percent of the comments were like oh they've done that for safety reasons to, to, to help curtail theft so the thinking is that the reason they did that is that nobody would drive in there because they would be put off by having to pay $8. So can you imagine the crime ring, right? Here's mm. a crime ring. We're sitting at the crime ring, and we're like, okay, boys, we're going to go steal some cats. Now, uh, we've got the spreadsheet here, but we're going to have to take $8 off of the— Wait a minute. You didn't budget that $8 <laughs> in before. Well, we're not—no, no, 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 no. There's this— And then one of the you know, uh, smart criminals, right, mm -hmm. says— uh, but don't they take a picture of your license plate when you drive in there? <laughs> Seriously. And, uh, like that's going to deter criminals. And they've got roaming security and, and then, stuff like and that. And then the too. other guy's like, I'm like, and isn't there like a $2 breakaway gate? <laughs> like a criminal's going to care about $8. Come on, guys. Come on. Really think it through. <laughs> yes, yeah, come on. Ridiculous. Security. Yeah, they did it for security reasons. Sure, they did. Ugh, All boy. those would-be criminals are going to be put off by paying eight bucks and having their license plate picture taken when they pull into the lot. <laughs> Utterly ridiculous, but thank you for playing. Uh, yeah, that's... Um, mm. All okay. right, that's my rant. So tell me about it. You came back. You just came back from a Buick program. Where'd you go? I went to uh, Michigan. Yeah, okay. Um, of course. Ann Arbor. And right now, uh, as we speak, Ann Arbor is suffering from the worst pollution in the world. And drought. And, they're really in drought, but too. The, they're the, but the, the pollution is the part because it's the fires coming in from Canada. Canadian wildfires, yeah. And it was so harsh that both, uh, you know, I, I always have eye issues, but my, our camera dude, who is also our producer, Zach, I mean, both of us are wheezing and coughing and having a really tough time with it. And nothing's better, Roman, than being in Detroit and having to go from one of their massive terminals to another massive terminal. Uh, because that's great walking, which is fun to do when you can barely breathe. So that part was awesome. Anyway, but I went out there to drive not one, but two different Buicks. And um, so the Invista is their new Buick, entry-level vehicle, and then, of course, the new, well, the updated Encore. Now, um, 
I read or saw somewhere that last week Chicago had the worst air quality in the world. Yeah, that's the, the same fire. In the world. Yeah, it, but what it was. Same it, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same exact stuff. So how are we, we able to film? Yeah, actually, <laughs> here's the irony. It actually benefits us when there's smoke or haze uh, because there's no heavy shadows. So we don't have to angle the car a particular direction. We can just hop out and shoot it from wherever. So that's great. Puts, and also... Puts that restaurant sheen on the video. <laughs> it, does it. it definitely dims everything down. And they even gave us a black car at one point because some um, oh, person from the driver or whatever oh, snagged the good-looking car uh, uh, and didn't do any video with it. I love when the manufacturers... Uh, are so video savvy that they give us black cars. Actually, they're well aware of the fact that they made a mistake. They're oh, that's good. Like, they're like, sorry, this is the only, you know, supply and demand. We just don't have any. This is all we had. And in our case, there were other ones. There was a red one. There was a blue one. We just couldn't get to them because people who weren't shooting video so, wanted so, to grab those. So remember last week, last week we talked and you, you had mentioned that there was a certain journalist that, that uh, was uh, kind of saying that we were on the take. Right. Well, they didn't say us particularly, right, but, but they, they said were. others. So, so this this is another bit of stupidity that I have to point out. Mm. Uh, I love when we go on a program, and th I'm talking to you know, not our our print friends, but some of the print people out there, mm. and we actually have to shoot the video because. Uh, that's what we do. That's you know, it's like that's our job, right? Yeah, we don't use B-roll from the manufacturers. And even if we did, it, we we still need to do stand-ups exactly, time, right? And then you you go like to a scrum or you go to a program, and they all jump in the bright color cars just so they can drive them, so they experience them. Yeah. Even though there's a black car there, and they're going to use manufacturer pictures in their story, but they all grab the bright car, which we need for video. Yeah, it happens I a lot. I don't know if that's on purpose or you, or maybe that's just because they're. Uh, but oh, they're they, learning because now they're being forced to do video and they're figuring out that a black car is like, you know, like taking a picture of a black hole, right? There's a car and it's like, it's like what, like, what was that saying? Like a, like a bat in a cave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the other part of that is, is that the lines of the, and this is what the manufacturers, they want you to see all the lines. They want you to see the sculpting of the vehicle and everything else, right? So if it's a black vehicle and we're shooting video, un unless we have the time to really get into the nooks and crannies, you're not going to notice it. And th thus the vehicle itself isn't as interesting visually yeah so. and so black cars do two things they hide the lines yes uh, and some people like that that's why they like triple black right they want to be stealthy but mm -hmm. but if you want to show the car to an audience it's a really bad color and then it's, they also reflect so it's hard to shoot it because basically it's a black mirror that shows off the videographer instead of the car correct mundo and then if you take all of that into account and then throw in the fact that you have a very dim environment that's obscured by smoke, it does make the car look even darker. So, so, so two cars. I think yeah. one's still under embargo. Let's talk, which one is not under embargo? Uh, the Encore, the 2020, uh, 2024 Buick Encore <laughs> GX. 2022. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, guys, yeah. I've got a surprise for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're bringing back 22. <laughs> Actually, the 24, there, there have been some changes, mainly in the instrumentation. They have... a. An eight-inch screen in front of the driver, an eleven-inch screen, and it's all part of like one panel. It looks interesting. Um, I think it's the, an upgrade they need. They got rid of the old Encore, so the little baby Encore is now gone. The GX is the smallest all-wheel drive uh, crossover you can get at Buick, and Buick no longer builds cars; they only build crossovers. And this one has the 1.3-liter turbocharged three-cylinder engine. So, yeah, it's. Um, it's it, we drove it. We have a video out on it. It's alltfl.com. I how's the power? Not bad. Really? Not bad at all. Actually, um, they. I know a lot of you guys are like, oh, three cylinders are really buzzy. No, it's not too bad. They actually isolate it well. Most of the smaller Buicks are Korean built and Korean designed in many cases. 
Uh, a lot of the underpinnings are shared with Chevrolet as well. I was wondering about that. I thought there was going to be a Korean. As a matter of fact, the other vehicle I drove mm -hmm. is what I like to call a Chevy Trax um, in a tuxedo. Trax, or is it the... What's the name? I don't know. Yeah, it is the tracks, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the tracks. The tracks with the uh, yeah, with yeah, tiny little. Yeah, yeah tracks. Yeah. Um, so the Chevy tracks in a tuxedo. So that vehicle is the Buick um, Invista. Invis Invista. Invista. I cannot speak today. Invista. Thank you. Buick Invista. And the Buick Invista they is. They all start with E's, don't they? Yeah. Core Invista. Now, even though it looks like a crossover, yeah. but it's got a fastback design to it. And I can't talk about driving impressions by the time you hear this. Uh, it'll be a few more days before driving impressions come out. There'll be a specific video on it. But anyway, the, the car itself, 1.2 liter three-cylinder engine, exactly the same as the Trax. Uh, so same horsepower, essentially Even same it's a smaller output. engine. The one's one. They're both yeah. 1.2 three-cylinder. No, no, no. One, the, the the one that's in the Buick. Well, the Encore that I drove had okay. the 1.3, but you can get the 1.2. Oh, so there's a 1.2 and a 1.3. Yeah, there. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. There's not a lot of displacement there, yeah, is there? No. So the 1.2 is still turbocharged, still three-cylinder, but only hooked up to the front wheels through a six-speed automatic transmission, and the vehicle itself, it's size-wise about the same as the Trax which has been enlarged from its previous tracks. Uh, but there's no all-wheel drive option. And uh, there's only three trims, but they now have the Avenir trim, the very top Avenir. of the line. And the Avenir trim now goes throughout almost everything Buick builds. Buick seems to be hell-bent on creating car names that we can't spell. Oh, my God, yes. I know. It's like They're kind of like pseudo-French sounding. You know what I mean? Well, I think Avenir actually means something in French. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the baguette on the Avenir. Yeah, it's a, a, a fine roasted coffee. <laughs> is it Avenir? No, no. no. Okay, right, I don't know. I don't, what is Avenir? Do you know what Avenir means? It, 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 Let us know uh, in the comments it's, below. It's, it's, it's uh, something, a shape of something. Mon ami. Yeah, <laughs> you will I, pick up the Avenir. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. And so, go get a baguette. But it looks it looks good in cursive, which is what they put on it. Um, Tommy says croissant. Well, of course Chris he does. Hall. He was just in France. <laughs> um, so the car itself, um, I once again can't talk about it, but the interior is actually somewhat similar to the uh, Encore, but it has a lot of components that came from the tracks as well. So you can use your imagination there. And yeah, we had a chance to really drive it and get into it. And the driving impressions are coming soon, but there's an important part to this car. What is that? Starting price is 23004 Wow, that is that crazy. is super super cheap. That is top five cheapest cars in America. Yes, and Maybe in addition, you get a lot of kit for the money. I, I'm allowed to say that. And the very top of the line car, the Avenir, goes for under thirty. So even with the base model, which I kind of thought the base model was really the deal in many ways, and you'll see why later. That vehicle, twenty three four. And that comes with a bunch of goodies. What, when is the uh, embargo? When does it lift? The okay. embargo next week. Okay. Yeah. Or so, this week if you're listening to it. Yeah, within a week. Yeah. Um, and um, time the vehicle itself is actually going into dealerships uh, any day. <laughs> the, the, the minute they can build them, they'll put them in there. Of course, supply and demand, they're having supply issues and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I do recommend watching the video. But I kind of say something about the Encore. Yeah, let's hear it. The Encore is a great little vehicle. I think Buick built, Fantastic is, is building car. some really unheralded cars right now. Yes. And you know how many Buicks were sold in China last year? How many? Over 800,000. Wow. That's huge. So, so, so is it safe to assume that Buick is building cars for China and no. we're getting those? No. That's <laughs> okay. the thing. Well, that's the misconception, though. Right. I, I saw it in All comments right. below with the last video I posted. Yeah. 
the cars that we're getting actually are Korean built, not Chinese built. No, no, I, and, don't, I don't mean built but, in but, China, but, but also built for Chinese. No, no, because the Chinese still love sedans, and they build special sedans for the Chinese that they extend the rear uh, section of the vehicle and the wheelbase. That's like Chinese built only for specifically. I mean, for the Chinese market. I mean, so I mean, for for all of you uh, friends in China, I understand that it's prestigious to ride in the back of the vehicle and be driven around. Yeah, but you're missing the fun, really. <laughs> really, well, it's like there are some things, you know, that it may be more prestigious to not do, like drive your own car. But it's, you know what it's like? It's like um, it's like uh, you know when uh, when there was slavery here, right? And well, where are we going? No, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere where you, you think we're going. Okay, right? And like the best parts of the pig were reserved for obviously, you know, the people who own the slaves, right? Whereas the slaves ate things like the ribs, right? And then those became much more delicious and, and sought after because they found out that, you know, sometimes the stuff that is prestigious or thought to be prestigious isn't, and the stuff that isn't prestigious, like not driving in China is. That, that's where I'm going with Wow, it. okay. Well, did, uh, you know, did you know that, uh, like, at the turn of the century, here's another one. Lobster was considered yes. for the poor. Yes, yes. yes. They, they fed them to prisoners. Right, there were so many lobsters like that were but like they didn't get butter with it. <laughs> they didn't get the good butter. Following up, following up, you know, New York and Maine that they that they fed them to prisoners, and now, good God, you know, lobster is. So I'm just saying, sometimes for our Chinese friends, what isn't prestigious is what's fun. Wow, yes, you went a long way around for that one. Okay, but I, I was very, this. I was, I I've actually tried to drive in Beijing before. Okay, it sucks. I yes, would much that, rather true, be yeah. driven. Um, it, it does suck to drive really in It really sucks to drive in Beijing. At on least on any of the ring roads, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, being um, stuck in traffic is but, no but fun. But the Buick okay, uh, okay, Encore. But, but if you take that, then it'd be more prestigious to have a whole helicopter. Just avoid it. Right. Yeah, the same okay. thing well, there happen, you go. Same thing happens in L.A., right? If you're in any big city, New York, if you've got a lot of money... Right, like Kobe. Kobe's a good example of that. Right, he didn't drive; he took a helicopter. And look what had happened. I know, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah wow, <laughs> Roman. Okay, let's let me quickly go back and talk about this car, real quick, super quick. <laughs> okay, back to cars. Um, the you know, Buick Encore GX is a fine driving little car that still has a very affordable price. I really like the interior; the comfort's decent. Back seat's a little tight for big guys, but altogether, really good car. There is a review. I did put it out there, and I am hoping to get it in Colorado because I want to test its all-wheel drive system. It's an interesting vehicle. Now, I did get to see something else there in Detroit, well, in Michigan, but I can't talk about it, but I'll give you a little hint-ski. Okay. It's an upcoming crossover. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's all you got. Okay, uh, and I suspect <laughs> it's probably an upcoming Buick crossover. Nope. But no. Nope. Oh, nope, 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 okay, nope, well, nope. I am wrong. Yes, not Buick. I, I am wrong. So, but, but it's something that I think some of you guys might be excited about because it's, an, it's something that you guys have brought up before. Yes, I know I'm leaving it way out there, but I can't, I'm not allowed to say anything else because I had to sign an NDA. Okay, so let's move on because we have a bunch of vehicles to talk yeah, and about. Let, let me uh, talk about this video that we did, which is going to be interesting. So uh, for us, it's going to be published for you guys it has been published mm. so let's say it has been published uh it's a video where we took and this goes back to your 1.2 or 1.3 liter mm -hmm. where we took the new toyota corolla gr which is a 1.5 liter mm, 1.5 right? yeah three cylinder yeah uh and uh, puts out 300 horsepower it's a monster yeah and we drag raced it against two classic american muscle cars mm -hmm. so we drag raced it against uh, a Ford Mustang, mm -hmm. and we drag raced it against a Corvette to see if a small displacement turbocharged engine can now and officially 
be more powerful than an American V8. Can I also add to that that the car you're referring to, the Corolla GR, has all-wheel drive? Yes. Yeah, it matters. It does, <laughs> it does matter for the launch. Yes. It does matter for the launch. Uh, anyway, so um, that should be published. So head on over to All TFL if you're curious to see the outcome of that. And I am curious as well because I haven't watched that video mm. uh, because we've been, so we've, I've been gone. And yeah, I, where I, have you been? I've been to uh, St. George with our friends at Jeep yes. and got to drive the new 2024 Wrangler. And um, that one is difficult because it looks almost identical. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, you wouldn't know unless you were... Except for like the grill, right? The grill is a little bit shorter or narrower. And the reason for that is for the first time you can get a built-in winch from Warren, from the factory. Oh, fantastic. So the winch stands up a little bit, but they still needed to get airflow, so they made the grill just a little bit narrower as opposed to Well, taller. I thought the Rubicon did come with a... Uh not from the factory. This is the first time ever. Really? Okay. Yeah. And there's a video. Uh, we did a couple of videos uh, that were up out there already at AltTFL. I did one where I did my first off-road. And, of course, I had a plethora of Wranglers to choose from. Which one did I choose? 392. Of course. Why, why wouldn't you? Yeah, fine. Um, and so I took that off-road. Um, and there are three major differences with one significant difference. So, um, And I think all of these are because of the Bronco, mm. I'm guessing, right? Uh, number one, uh, you can now adjust the seats electrically as, as opposed to manually. Yeah. Imagine if you're like, now I'm doing this thing, if you're listening to this, where I'm holding the steering wheel and the steering wheel is pointing at the sky, right? You're on a big incline and you need to see over the front. So it was very hard to reach down and then try to slide your seat up because the Jeep is pretty much vertical. So now you just... Scooch your finger over the little button, and it powers up electrically, and you can see what's over the hood. Okay. So that's number one. Uh, number two, they've replaced the screen and given a much bigger screen. Yes, that I remember. Uh, and, of course, number three, uh, the biggest change of all, depending on how you configure it, it now tows uh, 5,000 pounds. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
Right. But that has to be the unlimited, so the four-door. Yes, it has to be the unlimited. It, it can't be the 392. That still tells 3,500. Mm -hmm. It can be the Pentastar. I think it could be the what, new 2-liter turbo. What about the 4xE? Uh, I don't know. I did a video where I went through all the Jeeps and all the price configurations, uh, okay. and we talked about it there. So, so you can there. find that on alttfl.com. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did tow with it, Nathan. Mm, okay. Uh, <sighs> okay. The so, best thing I can say about it, mm. because we had a 4,800-pound uh, Airstream that we towed, um, is if you want to tow with the Jeep, get a what? Get a Gladiator? Gator, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it tows more. Big, yeah. It's much more stable. It's got look, a thicker, heavier frame. frame yeah. yeah. I mean, look, it will tow 4,800 pounds. We did a 0 to 60. It was almost 20 seconds. Mm. And the other problem is we had the Pentastar. And that Pentastar we have in Stubby, um, and it likes to scream. It screams all right. But but I just feel, you know what I mean? It just, you feel like, like you're hurting it. You feel yeah. like you're hurting it. And you're not because we've taken it up the eye gauntlet. Where, oh, several times. Yeah. You know, where it, it screamed like six, 7,000 RPM the whole way up. <laughs> and it was fine. Yeah. But it does that a lot when you're towing. Yeah, and it it's, does. And then the other problem is the Airstream was wider than the Wrangler. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the mirrors were not. <laughs> <laughs> right, and I would imagine maybe the a little, are, are really bad. For maybe Tony. a little bit of tail wagging the dog in this case too. Yeah, you yeah. said it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going there. Yeah, uh, uh, but the good news is, you know, I was like, how are we going to tow a five thousand without a brake controller? And they now do this like factory installed brake controller, mm. which was nice. So you now can get a Wrangler with. I'm sorry, no, fa it's not factory. It's dealer. Uh, my dealer mistake. Installed. Dealer installed. So if you are going to tow a five thousand, uh, you can get a dealer installed. Uh, brake controller, but I would say if you're going to go to the dealer to do that, just swap it out for a Gladiator. You'll yeah. be much happier, and you'll tow more. Yeah. It's like 6,900, I think, for the, so you could do 2,000 more pounds, and it'll be much happier. Plus, you have more cargo capacity. Exactly. <laughs> you know, seriously. And you have more payload, depending mm. which one, not if you get the diesel, but otherwise, yeah. I think the diesel's only like 1,000, maybe even less. And it, that diesel's not long for this world. As a matter of fact, mm. speaking of not long for this world, we yes, have a sir. list. We do. Vehicles that are not, not long, long from this world, world. <laughs> that are going away. All right. And uh, we have an addition here as well. We'll get to that in just a moment. But why don't we get to it? Because uh, some of these needed to go away, I think, a, a while ago. Just because there was some mudding. And the number, um, are we starting at number one or are we starting at number 10? As always, we'll do it in 10. CFL order, number 10. So okay. why don't you go right to it? What's number 10? What, th these are vehicles that are going away this year. So get them before they're gone. Right, at the end of 2023, they're yep. gone. And that is the Dodge Challenger, Charger, and the Chrysler 300, all of which built on a similar platform, all of which are going away. And what's perhaps even sadder to all of you um, high-horsepower Hemi fans is that they're going to build the Hellcat engine, which is a 700-horsepower-ish, depending on where you put it, until the end of this year. And after this year, uh, they're done building it, it's done. So that means... There'll be, I guess, no more TRXs, right? Because they're not building anymore. Oh, uh, trucks are different. Are they? So they're yeah, continue? yeah, yeah. Right, so in cars. Yeah. So that means okay. So so excuse me, I was wrong. So I guess the TRX soldiers on. For now. For now, but the Charger Hellcat, mm -hmm. dead. Uh, Challenger Hellcat, gone, gone. And then the newly revised uh, Chrysler 300 SRT was revised for one year only gone. because it's going to be gone. Durango Hellcat. 
I believe gone? that is gone. I think I, I might already, they may have already sold out of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then the 170, right? That was sold out a long time ago. Mm -hmm. so, That's correct. Uh, so, so get your Hellcats now uh, in any of those flavors because starting next year, um, yeah, yeah, no longer. Now, I, so if you're wondering about the Durango, we don't know about some of the other large displacement versions of them that are powerful. That we'll probably find out within the next few months whether or not they soldier on for 2024. So that's a whole different thing. But they're still building Durangos, just so you know. Um, okay. So, so I was just on uh, Craig's this morning, mm -hmm. uh, and I think people are finally discovering the 300 Chrysler 300 SRTs because there was one for sale. Mm -hmm. I was, I've been looking for one. Um, not this one, and I'll, you'll figure out why. Mm -hmm. But I found one here in Denver mm -hmm. in red, which I guess is a hard color to find. Now, those original SRT8s were how many, like 420 horsepower? Something, right? something like that, yeah. Yeah, because I remember driving it. Uh, we went to the track you went yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. To, to, to a big, uh, Willow, Big Willow. That's right. Yeah, remember we tried to keep up with Ralph. <laughs> that was no fun. <laughs> Ralph not just on the dusted track. us. No, yes, not on the track. He either. absolutely eliminated us. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, so there was one for sale uh, with 59,000 miles. How much do you think, Nathan? This is like, now we're looking at probably an eight-year-old car that would have been like, what, 55, 60,000 back in the day? 20 grand. 30 grand. 30 grand? Mm -hmm. How many miles? 60,000, give or take. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I, I think that's the, the, the trend is going to move that way. People now realize, oh, well, the V8s and, you know, these, these powerful muscle cars are going to go away. I'm going to charge more. Yeah. And it's going to be more and more prevalent as time goes so, on. So, so, you know, when that first came out, I, I thought to myself, because let's face it, the Chrysler 300, especially in the SRT8 version, that's a gangster car, man. That is a player's car. Oh, full blown. F full blown. I mean, yeah. you're, you're driving that thing, and it's just, there's something sinister about it, mm -hmm. right? If you lower that thing, you know, give it big old tires, it's just going to scream. This is one. Don't F with this dude, right? That's That, that car is. They just certainly sinister. look like they're angry and they want to ball up on you, that's for sure. And, and here's another suggestion I might have. Everybody wants the Hellcats, right? Yeah. But I suggest if you're going to get a Charger or a Challenger, get the one below it. Oh, you mean like the uh, 392s? Exactly. Get the, yeah, get those the, things are monsters, too. Get the 392s because in some ways, like a fine wine, Nathan, <laughs> that pairs well <laughs> with, with with dinner, uh, those engines are actually, I think, better uh, in those cars uh, than the Hellcat because the Hellcat engine is definitely overpowering the chassis. Mm. There's no, I mean, we've owned a Hellcat, yeah, right. And you can you can roast those tires if you have a manual in any gear. You can't launch the automatic because you'll you'll spin the rear wheels. Even if you have the wide body, it's just it's overpowering the chassis. Whereas this 392, like a fine wine, Nathan, pairs perfectly with that chassis because that's an old Mercedes-Benz chassis, never designed to have more than what 300 horsepower, if that. Yeah. And so you stuff 700 in there, and you know it works, but yeah. I mean, granted, to be fair, um, they they've updated that chassis. Several times, it's just True the hard that. points yeah. they share now. But uh, the other part of that, and I do agree, even the 5.7 on some of the RTs and whatnot, those were great because those cars suddenly were a little bit more tossable. And so, if you wanted a little bit of maneuverability and you didn't want a massive lump in the front, and you still wanted, you know, something that put out some really good horsepower, you'd get one of those. But and you can get them with a manual too. Do you remember when we went to the track on the launch of the Hellcats? When we first saw those Hellcats, this is in Portland. Do you remember? Oh, yes, I do. Kind of, yeah, they got us all high on sugar. But basically, they're <laughs> like, like here's a massive thing of donuts. Eat these and then drive our cars. Oh, yeah. Red Bulls too. Take these yeah. Red Bulls. Yeah, and everybody was like, oh my God, we were all for the Hellcats. But yeah. at the same time, we did have the 382, mm -hmm. right? And those were like, you put your finger on it, they were much more tossable at the track. I mean, tossable. 
not in the Miata sense. No, the three ninety twos are more so than the Hellcats, but the five point sevens are even more so. Yeah, the five point sevens are even lighter, and they're a better balanced vehicle in my mind. And you could now you can get them with the wide body package and all the other stuff, and suddenly you have a car that handles really well for a big car, and at the same time has lots of thrust. So, so, so if if it were me. Right, and now we're getting one of these last ones. I know probably, I know historically the Hellcats are probably going to have more value oh, 30, yeah. 40 years from now, but they did build a lot of them, so it's gonna, they're not going to have that. They're going to have that classic depreciation curve, right, where they fall, and then finally in 20 or 30 years they come back up. Oh, they may not be that long. Okay, all right. <laughs> Maybe granted. less time. Granted, but yeah. they're not like... Like they're not like the four GT where it never went down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I get right, you. Yeah. Right, uh, but but I think like get a jailbreak, three ninety two right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? One of the last of the of the model years, and I think you'll have the best car of the bunch. Remember the jailbreak? Remember that? Yes, one? of course that was, I do. That was really yeah. cool. All right, uh, number nine. What's number nine? Okay, so number nine is the Chevy Camaro. Speaking of muscle cars, mm. SS dude. Uh, just just Camaro in general. Mm. Uh, all, across the board. I had such mixed feelings on this car because I love the way it looks. I still think it's one of the better looking amongst them. Uh, the powertrains were really, really good. I'm, from the four-cylinder turbo, the V6 they had, all the way to the heavy-duty supercharged V8s, really good powertrains. The things handled beautifully, but I hated driving them from the inside. I couldn't see out of the car. It wasn't a comfortable car for at least me to drive, and apparently I'm not the only one. There's an awful lot of other people, including Paul, our main driver, who agreed that that car is not the easiest thing to drive. Yeah, first of all, visibility is an issue. It's terrible. Yeah, if you love driving with your arm on the windsill. <laughs> you're going to be above your ear. Yeah, exactly. You better love having your arm like above your head, Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're on the shorter side. Yeah. Uh, uh, and more importantly, I always felt, and you, you got to admit this is true, right? I always felt like it played second fiddle to the Corvette. To the Corvette? Of course it did. Yes, and yeah. so, so like with the Dodge Charger and Challengers, there was nothing above them. They were the top dogs. Yeah. But with the Camaro, you, like you walk into the dealership and there was a halo car, the Corvette, and then you know if you couldn't afford it, you bought a Camaro. But that was always the deal with the Camaro. I know, but that's always been the problem with it. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, it, the numbers have never been very good with that car and they just fell off a cliff over the past few years. Some, some people out there say it's the styling, all the changes they did. They went from it looking really cool to almost looking like um, an Asian car in terms of its front end design to reverting back to a little bit more of a more macho look. You know, and whatever you may feel about the vehicle, I will say that it has street cred, it has street presence. It just doesn't have the feel, frankly, of the Mustang, which I think is an easier car to drive every day, so, honestly. So the Mustang, for all you Mustang fans, is the last one left standing. It really is, it is yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're, and, you know, uh, we're one of the first there and then one of the last to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're about to uh, go on a new drive of the new uh, Mustang. Um, and uh, uh, I can't wait for Tommy. He's going out there to drive it to, to, to get his driving impressions. I think it'll be really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, one of the cars we just bought and you just saw for the first time was we bought the S197, which is not the current generation, but the previous generation. Mm -hmm, that's correct. And the reason we bought it, quite frankly, Nathan, is because first, we've never owned a Mustang. Mm, so right. we, we try to spread the love around, right? Mm -hmm. We've owned a Hellcat, so now. And secondly, I was thinking to myself, you know, new Mustangs are very expensive. Many of them are extremely expensive. expensive. Yes. Yeah, you're looking at like, uh, you know, on the low end, uh, probably. And I'm talking. Okay, let, let me first of all, let me get rid of the six cylinder. I, I know it's been it's, around. The six cylinder's gone. 
They only do four cylinder. Right. Uh, and, but in, in this conversation that we're about to have, mm-hmm. I'm just talking about the, the, the V8. Oh, you're talking. Yeah, okay. yeah, because a Mustang and a V8 pairs like a. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. You see, the, the two kind of go together, right? I agree. I've owned two Mustangs. I totally get it. Yeah, instead of like, you know, even the EcoBoost, I know for, it puts out more horsepower. I know the four cylinder puts like 300. I know the six cylinder put out more, you know, but the eight is the one you want. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I, I wanted to get one so we could drag race it, but, you know, budget wise, uh, I thought to myself, I could probably get two Mustangs, and I did, <laughs> yeah. for the price of one new one. Yes, you did. All right, so so uh, and we'll have some videos on the two new Mustangs, but th- I spent a lot of time looking for an S197. So last year, uh, we bought the previous generation, mm-hmm. right, which was the New Edge. So when Fox bought a New Edge and then S197. Uh, and the New Edge one uh, was too small for me, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't fit in it. Um, so it, the... 197 um, came out in 2005, I believe, mm. and it was built until 2014. And when it first came out, uh, in the V8, you can get the 4.6. Yep. Right? And then in 2011, I believe, they updated the styling, and in 2012, uh, they put in the Coyote. Yeah. So I had three things I wanted in the Mustang. I wanted the, the Coyote, because I'm like, if you're going to get one, Get the five liter because it's crazy. It went from three, basically three hundred and ten horsepower to four hundred and twenty in one generation. So yeah. they upped it a hundred horsepower in their twenty twelve to twenty thirteen year. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you, right? The difference in the model years is going to be a couple grand, maybe. Why wouldn't you get the Coyote, right? The five liter. So I wanted the five liter. Uh, I also wanted, um, I wanted a coupe. Mm-hmm. I didn't want a convertible. Uh, it had to be a coupe, and a, and I wanted a manual. So I got two of the three things. Manual. I got two of the three things. Um, I spent two months looking for that vehicle. And the problem is um, those, especially the 2005 ones, and I actually went to look at two. I went to look at two manual ones, one in Aspen and one in Craig. That's Mm -hmm. how far I drove on the weekends. Yes. To go look at these things. And they were, the one in Craig was a 2000, no, the one in Aspen was a 2005 and they wanted eight and a half thousand manual. But dude, it was pretty roach. Okay. Um, and same thing with the one in Craig. And this is the problem. All those Mustangs at some point got into the hands of high school kids. Yeah. Oh, and the first thing they did was... <laughs> Slam it! <laughs> exactly. And then they would put an aftermarket air intake. And then they, aftermarket And then exhaust. they would rechip it, right? Yeah. So they, they were all pretty severely messed with. And you go on Facebook, and it's littered with all these really beautiful Mustangs that have now been personalized to the taste of an 18-year-old. Mm-hmm. Which is not my taste. I'm not saying it's bad, but I really don't want, like, lime green lighting under the car. Well, I'll say it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Sorry, 18-year-olds. It's bad. Right. Don't put lighting underneath your car. Don't make it look like makes it heavier. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, don't get slower. Yeah. I, so so what or, or, what is the car that you bought then? So I found I found the senior spec. Okay. Belonged to like the seventy year old dude, which when you think about it is the one you want. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So he did he customized it, but in ways that are easily outdone. You'll notice that the dash has fur on it. Oh my god. I know, but but it comes off, oh, dated, right? Okay, thank you know, God. You know, and then if you go look at the car, this is really funny, right? Mm-hmm. It's got a whole bunch of cool senior spec stuff on it. If you go look at the car, he's got the original wheels, right? Yeah. They're these um, silver alloys, right? Mm-hmm. But what he took is he took these uh, like um, carbon fiber uh, cutout stickers and stuck them on the spokes. Oh Lord! <laughs> yes, I know. Wow. Yeah, there's carbon fiber stickers on the spokes. They I, come off. I thought older people had better taste. Th- then he did something I used to do but is no longer in vogue, uh-huh. which are louvers. 
Yes, it's Louvers. Got, it's got Louvers. Well, of course they're not in vogue. They haven't been in vogue since the '80s. But they're cool. <laughs> well, that's what I mean by senior spec. Yeah, right? that, that part is definitely senior spec. Ben, uh, this is a cool part. Mm-hmm. I go, "Do you have both keys?" And he goes, "Yes." And he, he reaches under the car. And, and oh, he's <laughs> got an extra key he's, spot. Yeah, he's got. He had a hidden key with a magnet hidden underneath the car. Well, you old guys lose your memories, Roman. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, the guy was really, really. The guy appreciate. was super nice, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, then uh, if you look inside uh, on the dashboard, uh, there's one of those. Remember, like you used to make uh, with these little strips of plastic that you could like type things into. No, oh, yeah, yeah. What are those things called? Label makers. Yeah, label. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little label on the thing that says, "Don't forget to unplug Sirius." <laughs> oh, how funny is that? <laughs> Senior spec. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. One it's, question about senior spec, yeah. and I think you you kind of glossed over it. Yeah, is it an automatic or a manual? It's an automatic. Uh, so you can never get you can never get everything you want. Yeah, I wanted a manual. I got the six speed automatic, which is actually okay. I think in two thousand five that S one ninety seven had a four speed. So mm-hmm. by two thousand fourteen, they you know they, they gave updated it, a, it to six speed. Yeah, uh, which is okay. Uh, you know, it's just. That was when like manuals were still quicker than automatics. Yeah. So I want to say it's a half a second slower uh, to 60 uh, than the manual version. And besides, I mean, with that bad knee of yours, being able to move the stick around is very difficult. So you got yourself a Roman car. I'm going to get you a walker to put in the back of it. So <laughs> no, and it's this beautiful ruby red color. So, yeah. so get this. So the car has like 60,000 miles on it. Mm. Uh, he's been the original owner, which is what you want. Yeah, that's he, true. he wrote down all the oil changes, which is what you want. Yeah, there's no uh, you know added air intake. There's no slamming. There's no no chipping, which everybody does. You know, was nobody, he a heavy he, smoker? No, there's Damn no smoking. It. He he didn't tune it in any way, and we paid twenty two thousand five hundred for it, which is basically half the price of like uh, a new GT V8 with a couple options. Yeah, probably more, probably less than half the price. A new GT with a couple options is going to be like fifty k. Close to it. They started like 39. Yeah. 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 So we, we, and we got the same engine, 400 yep. some, some horsepower, and all the senior spec stuff you can then do. So I'm going to do a video, but I want to ask you this. Okay. So Case comes in, and I'm like, I'm going to do something with this car, right? Because, look, it, it's not gonna, ever going to be collectible. It, you know, I mean, they built a lot of these, right? Not for another 50 years. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, it's going to be collectible in the, in the sense that it was a mess with, which they all are. But Case looks at it, and it's got this beautiful ruby red paint job, and he suggested we go all Iron Man on it. So by, by Iron Man, he means the, the paint. So red. he wants some gold in there, too? Or to bronze, make... bronze, right? Because Iron Man has those, like, bronze-colored specs in his suit. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, do bronze wheels. Uh, the car also came with senior spec, the stripe delete. So those cars had that big, wide center stripe. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have a stripe on it. So I thought it'd be cool to go maybe and put a big black center stripe on it that would have been original, you know, if it hadn't been deleted at the factory. So do a big black stripe down the middle, right, which a lot of them came with. Do <coughs> do gold wheels uh, um, and uh, maybe, uh, you know, drop it just a little bit, lower it a little bit, go a little fatter on the tire. Okay. What do you think? The tires, I agree with. Okay. The Iron Man thing, if I may. Yeah, go for it. Um, if you don't like it, I'm, I'm no, not No, 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 hear me out. Um, so Hyundai yeah. had the... Kona. They, they did have the Kona Iron Man. Iron Man. I remember. And that was the colors that they yeah. added to it. And then they also added some other stuff from Marvel. And so that's one issue I would have with trying to make it an Iron Man-ish. However... I, I, I'm not going with Iron Man. I'm just going Iron Man colors. But in terms of being subtle, if you're subtle with it and no lipstick, yeah. I think you're going to be... Uh, yeah, it'll be okay. I could just call it the Iron Stain. <laughs> 
Let's can't not, do Iron let's Man. Not, we'll get sued, no, right? No, no, no. We'll get sued by just saying Iron. I'm sure someone at Disney is thinking, mm, I Iron think there's stain? a way. Iron Stain? Stain. That sounds like Stain. <laughs> the Iron Stain. Must Iron? That doesn't work. Iron Stain? The Robert Downey Jr. Mustang! Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That we'll figure it out. Uh, but, I, but, but I do agree with the tires. I do agree that maybe, maybe having a little bit of a neat little bronze to it would be kind of cool. There's some really nice wheels out there. And uh, perhaps adding the stripe would be kind of a cool thing. Uh, and removing his stickers would be a great idea. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to do that. And the furry dashboard. Furry dashboard's got to go. But give it to Tommy. He'll love it. He loves all the, you know, uh, Look, the furry, dash, furry dashboard protected the regular dashboard. <laughs> and there's not a crack in it. Okay, so uh, now you know to keep an eye out for that. And there's another little treat to keep an eye out for. Should we? I think we should let them find out. Yeah, we'll let the, them find the out. Let's go to treat. number eight. Number eight. Okay, we're back to the list. And that is the Chevy Bolt. Mm. And the Chevy Bolt EUV. Yeah, both. They are going away. And it's a funny and sad tragedy at the same exact time. Why? Because they suddenly have become very popular again. They, they For a while there, they had a hard time giving them away. Now they're becoming popular because people are realizing, hey, this is a hell of a discount. We own one, and we've had amazing mileage and good reliability out of this thing. Have we had any problems with it? Nope. Nope. We've driven it hard, too. Here's, here's the funny thing. I was just uh, someplace, and somebody asked me what the best car I've driven this year. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought to myself, the best car, and maybe the most surprising car, is the Chevy Bolt. Because the expectations were very low, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it had, you know... Uh, a do not sell on it because the batteries had to be replaced and could potentially catch fire. But so that w- that's been taken care that's of. That's been taken care of. And then when I went on the first program, and when I actually saw it, when Mary Barra unveiled it in Detroit, I thought it was a joke because it looked like this little cheap uh, economy car. Yeah. And now that we own one and I've been driving it a lot, I just think it's wonderful, Nathan. It you know it gets 250 miles of range. And it really gets 250. It really miles. gets 250 yeah. miles of range. Uh, it's it's the right height, so you know my old man. <laughs> yeah, you can easily get in there without having to fall onto the floor. I, I don't do that. Oh, <laughs> right when I get out of it. Oh, you get out of it. Oh, I gotta get back oh. in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it uh, has room for four people. Yeah, it really does. It has room for Blaze if I want to throw him in there. Um, you know, I could take it to the airport. Like we had that mini uh, SE, the electric mini, uh, and I could barely get it to the airport and back on. A nice day in the winter, forget about it. Mm-hmm. This I can no, no matter what, go to the airport, yeah. my airport car, drop it, drop it off to charge or not charge, you get back, still have half a charge. Uh, my wife likes driving it. It's got Apple CarPlay, which GM says is getting rid of. I know, it, I know. There's so many things that GM says. It, it has it and Android Auto. Mm-hmm. And that little actually the new uh, infotainment uh, GM has, I think it's Google based, is actually really good. It works fine. It's it works very fine. easy to use. Very easy to use, yeah. And I'll say that the EUV version of that has even more room. You can actually put five human beings in there yes. and have a little I bit of cargo four. space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the four is in the little guy, uh, yeah. but the EUV is bigger yeah. and it can hold five. Yeah, and, and actually, you know, we've got the one LT and it actually comes with a lot of the safety features. So it's got blind spot monitoring, mm-hmm. emergency braking, you know, stuff that you'd want. Um, air conditioning works great in the summer. It's quick, dude. It's yeah, quick. Yeah, it moves. It gets up in halls. And best of all, uh, you know, 
it qualifies for the um, $7,500 federal tax credit mm -hmm. and uh, the state credit. And now the $5,000 state credit. So we effectively bought it for 18000 Well, yeah, it depends if you're in a certain tax bracket. There's a bunch of other things. Yeah, it's like tax one, back it's 150 maximum individual, 300. But the, the point about this car return. is that it is was the least expensive vehicle out there. It competed directly against the Nissan Leaf and the and, it and the Hyundai Kona EV. And actually, the upstyling update makes it look pretty cool. Yeah, it's got that little squinty you know squinty eyes on top, round headlights on the bottom, or mm -hmm. roundish. Uh, it's got one chink in its armor. Mm -hmm. You know that, right? It only charges at 50 kilowatts. That is probably the biggest issue, yeah. and, which means that if you're trying to, to go long, you know, long distance, it's going to take a lot longer than it would in almost any other comp competing F car. Figure an hour to recharge. Yeah, that's so, that's the bummer. It's a slow, slow and, charger. And, and you're going to piss off everybody else. So what? <laughs> you like deal with it. Yeah, yeah. We, it's better than icing, you know, going over there and, <laughs> with a gas car and just leaving it. When there. Andrew and I were coming back with the lightning from Detroit, there was a guy road tripping a bolt, and he was plugged in. <laughs> And uh, I was like, dude, much, much, much praise to you to, to you know, to, to go on a road trip. And he was going on a long road trip. Mm -hmm. He was going like 2,000 miles because basically you drive for two hours and then you charge for an hour. Yeah, actually, I met somebody who was going from San Francisco to Detroit. Yeah, and, and his, um, he said his wife loved it. She loves going for walks. She yeah. had a dog. They take the dog for a walk. Uh, I thought, okay, if, if that's your yeah, if that's your jam. You, yeah, you, you find the benefit in anything. And uh, But the other thing is, is that... Yes, they're getting rid of it, but they will be replacing it in the near future with supposedly a inexpensive entry-level vehicle that's a lot larger that will have better range and faster charging. But it'll also be more expensive. I think and, they're going to bring it back. I've Mary Barr has suggested, I think they got an unexpected hit on their hands. She said two things. One, they might bring it back, but two, they can't build a profitable EV under 40000 which the Bolt is. Yeah, but so, so, so they're losing money on it, I think. But there are other companies that are doing that and are able to build a profitable vehicle under forty like, grand, like Tesla. Yes, it's even Volkswagen to a lesser degree. Yeah, Tesla is. I think the base Model Three is just at forty, and I'm sure the new one, the Highland version, I'm sure they'll have even a cheaper one. The, the the point is is that it's a real shame that they're getting rid of such a good and expensive vehicle. I think at the absolute wrong time. I think General Motors has screwed up on this one, and I think you agree with me. I agree. But let's let's go on to another one that, although is sad to see go, it's about time. Uh, number seven on the list is the Audi R8. Yeah. So uh, remember when we drove them? God, I fell in love with that car. Well, well, that was one of the first exotic cars we got at TFL. And we got both. We got the V10 and the V8. Yeah, and the V8 the had a manual transmission. Manual, which was oh, the best manual we've ever, ever. driven. We've said that before. Uh, and ever since then, I've been looking around in Craigslist <laughs> uh, and uh, Auto Trader and Auto Tempest and everywhere else to try to uh, basically find one of those cars. Mm -hmm. And they're becoming, dare I say, it, affordable. The earlier I, ones are like now... The ten-year-old ones are mm -hmm. maybe sixty to eighty thousand, depending on how many miles they have. That's tempting, right there. If I were a single man and didn't have to worry about my wife beating tar out of me for buying one. The, the issue They're, I have with those uh, is that um, the interiors are looking very dated. I, that wouldn't bother me, personally speaking. And, and they're and also it, very tight, Nathan. They are. They are tight, but, yeah. but I fit fine in it. And that's the thing is that they they had to be able to take a large, um, you know, member of the, remember, the Deutschland and put them in there. Remember, we were both in there. We were, we like were two a little peas bit in a pod. Yeah, yeah. We were we were a little tight. You know, our shoulders were rubbing a little bit, but they weren't too bad. It wasn't like being in a Miata. Well, I mean, the cool thing about them was. 
um, they were both exotic and practical, right? Because they yeah. were all-wheel drive. <laughs> all-wheel drive and easy to drive every day. And it wasn't like yes. you were jumping into a Ferrari or something like that. And I, I just thought they were spectacular. But at the same time, they really haven't changed much over the years. And even though they did have one major you know, refresh, I just never felt that the vehicle went through an actual evolutionary change. And well, well, I mean, the first ones had that cool blade right on the side. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that... I love that blade. Yeah, they kind of went away from that. Uh, and so you do get that if you get the first generation. But like any you know, semi-exotic car, it ain't going to be cheap if it breaks. On Andre would know that uh, with the Volga. <laughs> That's that's I, that, I wouldn't. That's apples and oranges, really. Yeah, that's apples and yeah, that's apples and bananas. Right. See, see I would rather buy actually number six because number okay, six is a is a hard one because it's a good car. It's a good car and it's actually seats. You know, your family, you can get away with it with your and wife. it's got real trunk space. Three hundred and sixty horsepower, if I remember right. A twin turbo V six uh, uh, with the V six, yes. And nobody bought them, and it was basically. Uh, a Kia version of an Audi. It was like the right car, the wrong brand. If Audi had built that car, they would have sold like hotcakes. But since Kia built the Stinger, unfortunately, uh, I think people are just not ready uh, for a premium Kia. And, and that's a shame because the Stinger is one hell of a good car. It really is. And it was related to the previous generation uh, Genesis G70. Remember when we were at the launch of it and they actually showed us the prototype? Uh, and then they actually built, built it for the most part. And that's the thing. They built something that they essentially were like, oh, it's a concept. So basically, it's like a S5, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Kind of. Kind, kind of. of. S6, some, you know, maybe an S6, because an S5 would be a two-door. This is a four-door. Is it? Yeah, it's a four-door. Yeah. Yeah, so like an S6 uh, for $20,000 less, uh, built just as well. Styling is really just well as sharp. Together. Yeah. yeah. They're quick. They're fun. Uh, you can get them cool in a manual. Name. Yeah. I, no, you can't get a manual. Oh, no. You're no, right. No, 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 only no. automatic. Yeah. The only manual it could get was its cousin, the G70 yeah, last right. generation, yeah. and yes. only with the four-cylinder. Uh, but it's still, I mean, you could get the four-cylinder turbo or the V6 tur twin turbo, and these things are quick, like really, really quick. And some kids have figured it out and have slammed them and made them into, you know, track cars or whatever. But for the most part, it just hasn't sold anywhere near what they wanted it to sell. And according to Kia... They're saying, well, listen, we, we are making room to eventually electrify our fleet, and this car just doesn't really work with that. They didn't really go into their sales numbers, which have been kind of dismal with this car, but I still think kudos to them for building something this cool. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think there's a final edition, if I'm not mistaken, and, I'm, I would, you know, I made that mistake. When the, when the uh, Mitsubishi uh, Evo did a final edition, I, I was tempted to buy it, right? There was the FE, and they were like yeah. 35000 and now one of those things is worth like... 60 or 70 Yeah. yeah it was ridiculous numbers. I, I think probably, I think the Kia Stinger uh, Final Edition is also going to be valuable, but alas, we just bought a Mustang, so... Yeah, sorry. We're, we're <laughs> done for a while. Actually, two Mustangs. <laughs> Until Roman gets restless, we're, we're done for a while. Actually, we bought three V8s. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we, we, we really have like... Uh, oh, we're and overachieving. We're and, and we're selling stuff. We sold four cars, I think. So Tommy uh, sold his GP. Yeah. We sold the Trans Am. Yeah. Uh, we also sold uh, the Porsche mm -hmm. 944. So we sold I'm a bunch. I'm sad to too. see that go. But yeah, we're selling Stubby. So if you want Stubby, uh, info at TFL, we're asking uh, 33 for it. Which is worth every dime. And if you want, I'll add a sticker to it or two. Um, speaking of cars that have that type of s shape, the fastback design. I, I was going to say, speaking of cars that we're not sad to see them go away. <laughs> Well, this is, this is a conundrum. So number five is the VW Arteon. Which is like their coupified four-door. 
it's sort of what the Passat should have been in many ways in terms of design, but never was for the United States because we weren't allowed to have a cool Passat. And but in addition, there. It's three quarters of the way there, but it never was the hot car that it looked like. It never was as well, look, the fast. Look, Ger the as it Germans looked. got onto this craze, and they all have to match each other, right? Of building four door coupes, which to me just seems, which to me, which to me just seems silly uh, to have a coupe, which is you know, well, a two door, SUVs, you know, but, right? Yeah, and then create a low slung four door and mimic because the back seat room is ridiculous. Yeah, the goes it's away. not very good. And it still doesn't have that kind of sexiness of the coupe because it's got four doors instead of two. Yeah, uh, and and that's actually not going away. It's really being replaced, I believe, by the ID. Seven is that the one that's going to be the electric version mm -hmm. of this? Yeah. Yep. I, I went out to New York to see the car in person. So it's kind of getting. So it's not going to be called. But the it's RTN. not as sexy as the Arteon. The Arteon is a good-looking car. Like yeah. aesthetically, it's a great-looking car. But it was just put at the wrong time, wrong place. It, in my mind, it kind of replaced the CC, which I loved. Every once in a while, I browse and look to see if I can find the, the two-liter turbo CC with the manual. That would be just a great extra car to have. Of course, my wife, once again, would hurt me. Um, sadly, that is going away. The next car on this list needs to go away and needed to go away a while ago, I'm sorry to say. Okay. And that is the Audi TT. I like the Audi TT. I know you did. You bought be one. Because it's, well, not, oh, I bought one. That was a mistake. So mm. I bought the one with the baseball interior first generation. Which looked cool. Which looked cool and fell apart after about 100,000 <laughs> miles. And I had it at 120. Uh, so I was I was happy to get rid of it because it, the, the dashboard on any given morning would light up like a Christmas tree <laughs> with the warning lights. Yeah. And, and the problem was it was built basically on the Golf R or GTI platform, mm -hmm. and it didn't perform <laughs> or drive like either just, of those two. It, it balanced everything about it was, it was off, a little yeah. off. It right? had a lot of cool stainless steel. Yeah. <laughs> like around the gas tank, right? It had those little dimples everywhere. It was a cool design yeah. thing, but it wasn't in terms of driving dynamic. Later on, like the current one, they got much better. They yeah. got way better. The newest uh, TT, now that's going away, yep. uh, the RS version of it was just... Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yes. But I love that car. Too late. Too, too late. late. It's too, just too late. Yeah. yeah. Well, plus they put the five cylinder into it, which mm -hmm. was great. Um I remember there was one that was kind of a, 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 a what's what are those called? Orange sickle uh color uh, at the dealership that I kept driving by. I like to call them verboten personally. Verboten because yeah. you don't <laughs> buy orange. Uh, they were they were orange, uh, and it had kind of a white lip on it. I, I, if I had the money, I would have bought it in a heartbeat. But uh, alas, uh, I'll put it on my find it sometime use list. Let's go to number three, uh, the Nissan Maxima. Now, this is actually big news for a lot of you guys. The Nissan Maxima, there were rumors for years and years that they were going to do all these different things with the Nissan Maxima. Everything from all-wheel drive, putting the manual transmission back in it, or possibly turning it into an EV, because Maxima has a lot of gravitas, the name. Nope, they're going to get rid of it. Maybe it'll come back, but at least for now, they're getting rid of it. Why? Well, it's a funny thing. The Nissan Maxima, I have a lot of opinions about the Maxima, so I, I'm going to go on a little minor go rant here. Go for it. This is, the, this is, we should do like a little Nathan's rant. <laughs> Nathan's time for a rant. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, because there was so much potential here. First of all, I thought the design looked good. When it came out, I thought, ooh, they had the floating roof design. It kind of had a little bit of a Batmobile feel to it. It was really cool. Dude, I love the Maxima. Yeah, yeah. But then you sat in it, especially in the back seat, and you're thinking, hmm, it's a little tight in here. Not only that, it actually has less leg room than the Altima. 
It didn't make any sense to me. How can this happen? Okay, well, I guess that's okay. I guess Ultima is bigger than Maxima. <laughs> Ultimate is better than Maxima. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Well, they gave it a 300 horsepower V6 engine. Great Yay! engine. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome with a continuously variable transmission. Ooh. So it was relatively quick, but once again, the Ultima, they had an Ultima a couple years back that had a turbo, and then they brought it back. Well, the Ultima smacks. The, the, the Maxima, the only reason to have a Maxima is if you want a car that has a presence and a really wide body, okay, maybe that would be the reason. But this car, it just, it just was so close, and they never quite hit the mark. And the original Maximus, especially going back to the late 80s, early 90s, when things started really happening with it and became a really cool car, Here's they the just never got that magic pack. Full-size... Sedan, right? Yeah, but they call it a four-door sports car. Right. So, so it was competing with, like, the Chrysler 300. That's a problem. Yeah. You're right. That's a problem. You could get that thing in the uh, SRT8, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You could compete with the Charger, the Challenger. Yeah, it just wasn't going to win. No. It wasn't going to win that battle. It actually, in many of our, our competitors, had competed using that car against many others. And with the exception of people who actually bought them and said they were the best car in the world, <laughs> um, they weren't. <laughs> They really weren't, and it, I, it's, I'm so frustrated because I love the design of that car. Was this before influencers came around? It was around the time they started coming around. Okay, it makes sense. Yes, and honestly, it's just such such a missed opportunity. I hope they bring it back. I hope they bring back cool styling and the whole real four-door sports car moniker that it deserved, but right now it doesn't have it. Now, another uh, vehicle that's... Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, that oh, was yeah. Nathan's rant. Sorry. Come back next week when Roman and Nathan will rant once again. Sponsored by We Bite. No, I will. Uh, <laughs> Sponsored by... Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like Camry fans are like, yeah, that was a good one. Um, <laughs> it's actually... That was pretty funny, Nathan. Thank you. Yeah, I'm no, here to make good. you laugh. Um, so, so number two on our list is the Mercedes-Benz... C and E class, the coupes, the convertibles, and the CLE, all going away. You know, um, <laughs> I mean, they, those were never like. Once again, they were like they were like niche vehicles. You know, yeah. the only one I'm kind of bummed out is the convertible. I think the I, I hate seeing convertibles go away because there are so few, especially there are so few, especially out there. so few four seater convertibles. Right, mm -hmm. they're like definitely going the way of the dodo. Uh, and so that's the only one that I'm really like ashamed to see go. But like I don't care about the coupe once again. Mm. You know, same same problem as a Maxima in some ways. But the convertible does uh, make me sad. Yeah, it does. And um, this means that Mercedes is boiling down their sedans a little but, bit. And they should. I mean, they, them yeah. and BMW. Uh, and to a smaller extent, Audi, just have way too many cars and way too many segments. Yeah. Right? Uh, bear in mind that, you know, Europeans will be getting vehicles we won't be getting, and so there will be replacements for these, but we just don't know exactly what they're going to be, not quite yet. However, they are electrifying an awful lot of their vehicles. In fact, we're going to be driving some electrified cars very soon at TFL, so stay tuned for that. So I was going to say, uh, sponsored by Preparation H, God. <laughs> but I never got to go there. No, and I'm glad you didn't. Okay, well, now I did. <laughs> Sorry. That's horrible. Cringy, cringy. Watch yeah. out, Roman. Cringy. God, okay, keep Roman. going. What's number one? Number one, the Ford Edge. That's the one on this list that I think should have been gone a long time ago. Yes. Why? I'm surprised. It's actually, I'm well, surprised there's it's one, there. But there's one simple reason. They have the escape. I don't understand why the Edge existed while they had the Escape. Now, some of you are going to say, well, it's a little bit bigger. another e-car? No, it's just, it, it, it wasn't that much bigger, guys. I no, mean, I said e-car, e -car, not yeah, bigger. Yeah, another e, yeah, I got you. Um, no, it's, it was okay, and they built the Edge ST, which was kind of sort of interesting for a minute. 
but really the edge just never had the need or it didn't have the audience that the escape had and i think that they kind of divvied up the pool too much with that car all right. Uh, in the last few minutes that we have left, Nathan, yes. let me look at my watch here. Yes, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my bonus because it's gonna be uh, something that uh, you're never gonna expect. So these, this is. I've challenged Nathan and myself to come up with cars that should be discontinued. Don't you say Corvette. I'm not gonna say that. Okay. Okay. Here, here, here is mine. <laughs> cars that should be discontinued. Okay. You'll, you'll never see this coming. Okay. Ferrari Parasangue, or Parasangue. You know why? Because Ferrari basically just built the Toyota Crown <laughs> and called it a thoroughbred. Oh, my God. It is. It is exactly that. You're not only going to tick off Ferrari fans, you're going to tick off uh, Toyota fans, come too. Come on. They, they built a crown. They it's, built a crown and called it an SUV. That's exactly what they did. They, they took a, 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 a sporty car, made it taller, right? Sporty. A sedan. Basically built a sedan, right? Four-door sedan. Taller. And instead of building what I think uh, Maserati, which didn't do very well, but Lamborghini, which did well, built, which is an SUV, something that is practical and you can shove kids and stuff in the back of it, like the Urus, right? Mm -hmm. Bad name, good car. They built the stupid, like, lifted sedan and decided that, you know, call it a thoroughbred, put a V12 in it, and everybody, like, freaked the you-know-what out. And, you know, we didn't go on the launch, and we never will at this rate, obviously. <laughs> no, no, it's going there. <laughs> but, but I'm like, that's a classic one where you look at it, and then you watch the reviews, and they're all, like, fighting over it. And you go, dude, the king has no clothes on, really. Why did Ferrari – I mean, the thing about a crossover and SUV that makes them so popular, right? The thing about the Cayenne that, that you know, that exploded Porsche, right? Mm -hmm. And right now, I want to say Urus, and I'm pretty sure about this – it's it one like, of the best-selling Lamborghinis. Yeah, like it's like yeah. 60 to 70 percent of yeah. their our, our Urus's, right? They're yeah. going to reach 10,000, which is you know for Lamborghini huge insane, annual yeah. numbers. Is because of the utility, right? It's mm. it's a car you can take and pick up the kids in. It's a car you can take skiing, right? A tall crown competitor uh, <laughs> is not that. It's just you know I think Lam Lamborghini and Maserati and Porsche all nailed it, and Ferrari wanted to be different, and so instead of building a true, or they didn't believe that they could ever have an SUV or a crossover, that's a Ferrari, so they had to go with a tall sedan. To me, it's just silly. I don't care if you put a 12-cylinder and a 16-cylinder, you're missing the point, and that's mm -hmm. utility. You know the seats in the back of that thing? Mm -hmm. It only seats four, Yeah. right, because they're individual in the back, yeah, right? Sure, they're the same sure. seats are in the front. It's kind of like the DBX, same problem, right? Yeah, yeah. But the people, I mean, you've, you've already got that sports car at home. If you own, a, if you're buying a Parasangue or Parasangue or an Urus, you probably already have a different Lamborghini or Ferrari in Possibly, your garage, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So you don't need a tall sedan. What you want is something that you can just throw crap and kids and things into and not worry about. Mm. So that's my argument. That's why it should be discontinued. All right, that's that's another Roman Rand. You get two for the price of one. You've taken your Jarrett's all today, right? Sponsored so by one thing. Who? One thing that I will sponsored say. by Alfa Romeo. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, you said the king has no clothes, right? Yes. Yeah, indeed, the king has no clothes, but he's well endowed. Mm. With a V12 engine in that thing, I dum say dum. that that thing has. Out of the super fast. It's quick. Okay. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on this one because I, I just never thought that Ferrari should have built anything with four doors to begin with, and that's just. Well, am I wrong? Even about Even the FF, I had issues with that. Am I wrong about them building a crown? No, it's not a crown. It, it, it's it exactly has a crown. It is, it's very similar. It's similar in, in like two lines. No, no, not the, the, the look of it, but what it is a tall sedan. That's what they built a tall sedan. That's what the crown is. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, 
Anyway. Right. Um, What's your car that should uh, be discontinued? <laughs> well, this is the funny part, because I winced when he said it. The Crown. Well, there you go. I <laughs> no, no so dude, the crown is going to sell. You know why? Because it's very comfortable. <laughs> no, it's not. It is. Not in the back seat. Oh, the, who cares about the back seat? I care about the back seat. That's why you buy a four oh, Dude, it's like. It's, it's four it's, doors, it's, and you put you. Unless your kids are short, they're going to hit their heads when they go in the back because of the way they designed the back. And that's my problem with the car. No, but the people who are buying the car, their kids are long gone, dude. The kids are long out <laughs> of the house. And their grandkids are tall. The, and their grandkids are young. This is for old, Hormones, empty dude. nesters, right, who have a hard time getting out. And they want a sedan, and they have a hard time with the traditional sedan because the seat's too low. So now it's, now it's, it, now it's at that very comfortable 50-plus, and I'm talking years, not inches height. Can we say 60-plus now? All right, Can 60, we please? <laughs> sorry. <come> there, no. <laughs> All right. Damn it. All right, we're both not there yet. So yeah. hey, I'll say 60-plus. So 60-plus, you know, where you make that, like, oof sound when you get in and out. <laughs> and this car is, you know, it's like the, what was, what was the old... Um, uh, full size sedan the Toyota built. I can't think of it. Oh, the Avalon. Yeah, it's like it's like an Avalon on steroids. Avalon was better. It basically replaces that. Mm -hmm. And the Avalon always did sell because there will always be a certain percentage of the population that are empty nesters, love sedans because their dad drove a sedan or their, you know, or their husband drove, whatever it is, right? I don't want to be like just guys. So they, <laughs> of, course, <laughs> of course not. Their moms yeah. drove a sedan, right? And so they want a sedan and this thing will sell, I'm sure it's going to sell 20,000 units every year, mm -hmm. year in, year out, and they'll be fine with it. Okay, so they took all the utility out of the utility vehicle, essentially. But, but the people who are buying this don't want Yes, they want to be able to put their walkers in the back without having to lift it over a high trunk. They want to be able to take all of no, the Geritol that the they're going to put in walkers are too hair old care for products this. and everything else in the back of it. The people the, who have walkers, are, are they're, they're driving those little scooters around. No, and they, they, the scooter gets driven up to the vehicle and everything <laughs> and, else. And if they I'm have a scooter, you, they've got some old GM van, right, that yeah. you can just shove it in the back of. Wow, we're going to lose so many listeners. <laughs> no, we're not. It's true. This so is the truth. I'm sorry, guys. You're a little scooter. If, you, if you're driving a rascal, I apologize for it's, it's Roman. Fun. You're not going to be you're not going to be driving a rascal and getting into your crown. No, you're not because you have no place to store it. You don't <laughs> don't have an inside deck to put anything into. <laughs> you have no utility in that vehicle, which should have more utility. You have no backseat space, so where you should so, have backseat so, space. So we're agreed. <laughs> Tall sedans should not be not be built. <laughs> no more tall sedans. But either Toyota or, or Ferrari. Ferrari. <laughs> there you have it, guys. We finally came. But up. at the end of the day, one final thing though. Congratulations <laughs> to Ferrari for winning Le Mans. Yeah. I know. I, I really. I was. Oh, uh, dude. You were rooting for them. Oh no. Yes, you were. Yeah. What is that crap called? So Le Mans does this. This is another thing I have a huge issue with. Um, first of all. Cadillac or <laughs> Toyota, if they hadn't hit a squirrel, would have would have <laughs> won, won that. You there, lost. Sorry, Tom, it's on, I got it. I got okay. it. Okay. All right. So, what do they call that balance of performance? Basically, what the French do, and people seem to have no problem with this, but I have a problem with it. Is mm. is what you could do in that series is like if you're too successful. So, if you win all these races leading up to Le Mans, yeah. they will actually add weight to your car. Yeah. To to make it to make it more fair. It's more competitive. No, no, dude. It's or just, they'll put a Toyota Crown backseat in it, which it, is useless. It, it, so potentially, and this is supposedly potentially happened, what you could do is purposefully lose all the races up to Le Mans because everybody wants to win Le Mans. Nobody cares about the rest, just so that you have an advantage at Le Mans. So you start gaming the system, right? Game Is it gaming or gaming? I never know. Uh, the system, right? So why don't they just do the best car wins? Why do you have? I'm not disagreeing with but that. Shouldn't that be just the best engineering, the best driver? Why are you? Why are you adding? I a still think that point? the best engineered cars win the race more often than not. But if if you're if they're trying to level the playing field by you know by making you know 
very well engineered. So, so let's say you're Cadillac and you've engineered this really great car and they say, oh, no, no, it's too fast. It is too fast. We must add uh, uh, 50 kilos to your car. What's the point of spending all those millions of dollars engineering all the weight out of it so that the French can add, you know, 50 more kilos of weight to it because the car is too successful? That makes no sense. And I get that's that. FIA, that that's FIA. That's not the, just the French, I, for I, one thing. I get that they're trying to make it the race more competitive. Mm -hmm. But the fun of it is, you know, I used to do a lot of triathlons, right? Yeah. Uh, and I carried around a lot more weight. Yeah, you were a Clydesdale. I was a Clydesdale. <laughs> but there was a Clydesdale category. Okay, mm -hmm. and this is a good analogy, actually. But the, Cly the Clydesdale category, for the most part, didn't count in the overall. You see what I'm saying? There I was no like saying. special, special like. But Roman, had you won, which you never did, but no, had you did. won, <laughs> had you won, imagine saying, I beat all those little skinny men. But I wouldn't. I beat them all. Because because they, 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 they didn't, you know, eat the ice cream and the cake and, and stuff <laughs> after the race, right? Okay, they so. Said, but, but stuck to their diet. Imagine, though, if Cadillac had won at, with all of those things, and they could have said, not only did we win, but we won with an extra 50 kilos inside the car. Thank you, FIA. And how, and how does, they would have been awesome. And, and how did they know that 50 isn't the right number? How, where do they because they that? have engineers and people who actually race daily and, 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 and you don't, these you don't think there's politics involved in that? Yes, there are some politics <laughs> as well. Uh -huh. Obviously, a Russian car right now won't be allowed to compete. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Hey, guys, we got to get running. We have other stuff to do. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. I hope you have a great week. Yeah, and remember, go to altfl.com to see all these cars we've been talking about. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Ciao. Cheers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.